What's up, guys? It's your boy, Nick Hill. And today we're back with another episode of Into the Muse. Today, I got Kiyasha from Sydney, Australia on the podcast. Hey, Kiyasha, how are you doing? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm good. And you? Yeah, not, but not too bad. Very well. Yeah. How's things in Australia? Yeah, pretty good. Like, I mean, at the moment, we're actually in lockdown. We haven't been in lockdown for a while now. So we got used to not wearing masks, but apparently like this whole last week and stuff, we, en- we ended up starting to use the mask and stuff like that a lot more frequent. So it's like, because we have the D strain that's back in like. Oh, the Delta the one, the Delta strain. Yeah. Yeah. The Delta one. Yes. Yeah, over here we have the Delta strain and there's a new Peruvian strain that also arrived here. And then you get the protest, which is like a mad, like big super spreader event. Yeah, that must be crazy over there at the moment as well. Yeah. I know because um, I was speaking to my cousin the other day and he was saying how like they live in like Tongat and he was saying like how they have nothing left and all they have to do is like just like look after the property that they live in. Like, man, that like how crazy is that, you know? Yeah, it's very bad that side. Over here it hasn't like affected us that bad. But apparently last night, uh, so when I sleep, I'm like dead and – I was like fast asleep last night. I had some green tea and went to bed. Apparently last night while I was sleeping, someone actually hopped across the fence into the neighbor's house. And then the neighbor started like screaming and like everyone woke up. There were gunshots and shit. And I just stepped right through everything. But it was crazy. And I didn't even know it happened until this morning. Oh my God, how scary is that? It must be like awful, you know? And my cousin was also saying, because he actually is in Cape Town at the moment and his mother just lives there in Tonga by herself. So he was saying that he had to get together like a a neighbor, like the neighborhood people in order to be able to like fight back for like, you know, everything that they've got over there. And I mean, these people don't even know how to fight or do anything. And all they're trying to do is just protect whatever they've got left. And like, what an awful situation. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I don't know, like people are just trying to loot for the sake of looting. It's not even just like poor people who are like desperate. It's like I saw a video of someone in a Mercedes Benz actually going and like looting a shop and he was caught on camera and then he's acting like, why are you guys coming after me? But come on, man, you're driving (laughs) a Benz. Yeah, I actually, I actually seen that in Australia as well. Like I seen that as well. I seen that bald headed dude as well. (laughs) And then we seen, I seen another clip of a policeman, right? A policeman that was actually doing the same thing. And then they, there was like these um, guys that like, I don't know what, they were just like, you know, pedestrians or whatever they were. And they got this cop and apparently he was supposed to be looking after the neighborhood, yet he was looting as well. And I thought, oh, my God, and they were actually taking taking a photo of his face and everything and, you know, going through his car to show them the car and everything. It was actually a copper. Like, I don't know how that that happens over there, but, like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I I remember um, when they had the Capitol Hill rise in America. In America, they were able to get, like, all of the people afterwards because it was caught on camera. And the FBI started like hunting the people down, arresting them and things. But I don't think the intelligence in South Africa will be able to do that here because first of all, they allowed it to get to this stage. So, and they haven't really done anything about it up, up until now. They're still hardly doing anything. And apparently in like Durban, there's like 
the Muslim communities, they're like starting their own protection, like people are starting their own protection rings. And I think that when this thing finally does blow over, like back in KZN, in Durban and things, they saw that the government were not able to like protect them during that time. So when this thing eventually does blow over, I think it could be like a wild west. People will be like, now we're going to take the law into our own hands. We don't need the government to tell us what to do because when we were in danger, you guys did nothing. Like, I guess, like, well, I guess that's the, the, the way people would feel eventually, you know? But, you know, one thing I don't understand is, like, Africa, the continent itself, is, like, one is, it's the rich, one of the most richest continents in the world that supply resources to around the world, but yet Africa itself is so poor. I think it's due to colonialism, because when, like, the Europeans first came to Africa, they started, they came for first for slavery, and then for the resources. And the way that they implemented this whole system is to like take the resources from Africa and use it for their own benefit. Like, you know, the crown jewel uh, that the queen wears is like the crown jewels actually from, I think it's from South Africa or it could be from India, but I know like a lot of their gold and their all of their diamonds, gold, and all their resources come from Africa and the rest of the world. So, and when they left the countries after they were so-called given independence, they left them with like people who they knew would not be able to run the countries in a way that they their countries or their system should operate in. And that's why like, in Africa, especially you get dictators who like get corrupted by power and all of that. It's because of how the system, how they were left. Because if you like look back before colonialism, before all of that, if you look like ancient Egypt, you see that those countries were like thriving. They didn't have like the same technology or the same infrastructure as let's say European countries or other countries, but they had their own kind of system that worked in their own way. Now you're bringing a new kind of thing, you're bringing guns, you're changing the whole, the whole way that, the whole way of life. And so now this is like maybe like 50 years of that. And then they leave the country and now you have to like, balance your own country with like these new values. And I think that's what leads to like so much corruption and so much poverty and all of that. Yeah. Like I can understand that. Like it must be, it, it must be just crazy, I guess, you know, and, but like, I mean, like the country's been, I mean, like the president and all of that, like all of that, what you guys had over there, was that not improving the situation? Like, was that not doing anything better for the country? Well, this whole thing started because of Jacob Zuma. So like with his story, so 
he was a part of the ANC. He fought during apartheid against the West and stuff, but he comes from a Zulu tribal society where there's like, in his eyes, it's not real corruption because he has like, I think like seven or nine wives or something. And he lives in his own community. So in their culture, they like, so the king gets everything and he provides for his people. But that's not how the country operates because we have like laws and things. And so what he did, he, and he also was in the intelligence and all of that. He went to prison during apartheid. He spent his time there. Then he got into the intelligence. So he knows all of this stuff and he has a lot of supporters and he, he has been accused of rape and they actually got him for this arms deal that happened like 10 years ago. And so what he did, he was uh, found innocent of rape and all of that. But what he did was, so there was like in America, this uh, FBI, we had something called the Scorpions. So, mm. and the Scorpions were then investigating him. So what he did, he created the Hawks out of the Scorpions so, so that they wouldn't investigate political parties and stuff. And therefore that started like the whole corruption because now these politicians who would have been punished for stuff that they're doing were able to get away with that, that kind of stuff. And from that, it led on more stuff. So they got away with one thing, which so now they're able to do way worse stuff and from that time, corruption has just grown yeah. way more than it was before. And now, mm. so like they wanted to arrest him. They called, uh, they said he must go to court, but he did not want to. And like during his time as president, um, he like started this community. He lives in this place called Inkandla and like he built up this place. He spent like millions of money of the, the country's money building that stuff. And he was supposed to pay a fine during his uh, term as president, but he didn't. And so there's like a lot of heat on him already. So they called him to court. He denied going there. He did not want to go there. And uh, so they finally yeah. were going to arrest him. And then he called on to supporters to protect yeah. him. It's and crazy. that's what led to all of this. I was actually seeing one, like, I was actually researching the news and, like, you, like, there was this reporter that was asking people on the streets, like, you know, why are you guys looting? Why are you guys doing all of this? And then they were like, oh, you know, we're hungry. And then this guy goes, but, you know, you, you've got a bicycle or you've got this, like, what, 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 like you're not going to eat from that. You're not going to eat that. And the, the guy turns around and goes, yeah, well, I can't eat that. And, like, that's the thing, like, maybe... It's just the understanding or not the maybe just being in like being in lockdown as well. I guess lockdown has a lot to do with everything. It's actually scared people. And people have felt that even though, you know, they were free before and like when this COVID started, it was a huge shock to everybody as well. So I can understand everybody's taken things differently. And I guess sort of being not able to get a job, not able to be even to eat, those things does make people go crazy a little bit. Yeah, and I think it, all it takes is like something else, like you know, with the president, and then for people to just to go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Because the economy is doing really bad. This 
as you said, yeah, unemployment was yeah. like at an all time high right now. So, and it, I think it did just take a li- little push to just like create Set chaos. Like you yeah, see, like yes. remember the movie, The Joker, people are already frustrated and things, and it just takes one small thing yes. and then chaos can erupt from that. And that's exactly what has happened. And like you look at last year uh, with the Black Lives Matter protests in America, uh, people started looting and things because of that. And it wasn't just black people who were looting. It was everyone, like, especially the the youth. But over here, I've heard rumors that it could be a coup by this party called the EFF. So a little background on them. Um, so there was this guy, Julius Malema. He was um, in the ANC youth. He was the ANC youth president, but he had a fallout mm. with, them and uh he started his own party the economic freedom fighters and um so he was like zuma's boy in a way at that time but then he had a fallout with zuma himself and that's why he split ways and started his own party but like a few months ago um when like they were trying to get zuma down and stuff zuma and malema had a meeting that they had tea and shit so i don't know maybe they could have planned this whole thing like zuma was like if shit goes down you can come and take over and we'll start something i don't know honestly yeah no one, yeah. No one really knows what's happening like it's it's exactly but it's very sad like when you know like people are dying and you know what i mean like like there's like like you know, like I think they had, I think over 72 people that like are dead because of this, you know, like, like, you know, I think also being a prime minister or whatever, you know, wherever you are, like whatever you do, you have a responsibility to the people itself. And I don't know the corruption and how bad it is, but like, it's, it's just so scary and it's awful. Like, I mean, if I had to run for president, I don't think I'd be able to be, be able to even cope knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, like the country's in your hands. And you, you know, you have all that that you got to worry about, like, you know, make sure that the country's balanced. It's a big key to you making sure the country runs well, you know. I mean, yeah. even in Australia over here, like, with the COVID and stuff and, like, you know, even our Prime Minister, like, he's a great, great Prime Minister. And, like, you know, he looks out for everyone and we all stand together as a country. And even though, yeah, you do have some people that break the rules, but majority of the people stay together and stay connected because, you know, you're not just going to go and break the rules knowing, like even with COVID now, like, you know, people want to protect other people as well as themselves because if you do have COVID, you don't want to be walking around giving everybody else COVID because that you live with, you know what I mean? Like you live with what you do, you know? So maybe that's just my own personal beliefs but i guess i think most of australians do that too which is a good thing you know yeah and i think but most, i tell you it has been it's just crazy yeah i think most people do share those values but yeah i don't know it's just like people and it has a lot to do with the frustration i think and the economy i think in Australia, the economy is much better. Is job how's the job stabilization and all of that over there? 
I mean, like, I mean, there was a lot of, um, there, there was, I mean, like, there was, uh, like, a lot of people that lost their jobs, right? But in coming back, when we were coming back, I mean, a million people got jobs. So the way we, uh, I think the way we see our economy running is that we, um, I think our government makes sure that everyone can actually get back up and they put in plans and interventions to make sure that everybody's okay. I think that's what one thing about Australia is that that's what's great about us. You know, we, um, you know, our country supports everybody. And I think that's a great tool, you know, no matter where you are, no matter how you live. And I think, I think that's what makes, like, I think that's why, like, I guess that's all I know. And that's what I like love about Australia, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like every country And it's should. very difficult for us. Yeah, every country should. And, like, it's crazy too because we were born in South Africa, right? And yeah. now when we we have our immediate families over there too, like we have our aunties, cousins and, and everyone over there and, like, knowing what we know and sort of talking to them when they're in, like, you know, in a disaster state, like, you know, we try to only give them, like, an outlook of what we have, like, you know, you can do this or, like, look at that, but it's not actually what, like, our advice is actually, like, really no advice if that makes sense because it's like two different worlds yes yes exactly exactly yeah. and when my cousin showed me this clip of them shooting people it was like like that stuff just does not happen here and it's so hard to like actually watch that to actually like know that you know like that stuff is actually happening and especially like even though we're not there but we have family there that we love and cherish as well because I was speaking to my one of my best friends as well. He's also a lawyer over here. And I was like, um, you know, can they, you know, get a refugee visa? Like, can they do anything? And he goes, well, now that we have lockdown over here, they can't. Mm. So, like, how do you help people? Like, what do you do? Like, and I guess even in South Africa as well, like, as much as, even if you were so rich over there, but if you don't have the access to bread, you just become like everybody else there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that refugee thing that you mentioned, I actually heard yeah. because in Durban especially, but it's so easy for this to become a racial thing when it's not. The communities in Durban, I was like reading earlier, in 1949, there's actually um, these riots in Durban, which uh, ended up being a racial kind of war between Indians and Africans. And, yeah. um, and I think that's what actually like led to the apartheid rules being implemented. And right now it's so easy for that i'm not saying they're going to bring back apartheid but something like that to happen again because you see the people looting and then people are now scared like indians they are scared to they're scared for their family's well-being and stuff so they go to like extra measures to prevent that from happening like they might go and burn other people's houses or attack people and I actually heard that I saw on someone's status that they're actually applying to um, the UN to um, classify the South African Indian community as refugees. And that is, in my opinion, it's crazy. It's a refugee, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Indians in South Africa have been here for like 200 yeah, years. No, can... And for things to end in this way is just insane. It is, and exactly, because my friend over here as well, he's also in Nigeria. 
you know, Nigerian born. So, you know, we talk about the country all the time because he always wanted to be into politics overseas as well, especially in Nigeria. He wanted to do that. So when I was telling him the story about the Indians and stuff like that, and he was like, you know, how stupid are the African people, you know, the South African Africans? And what he and he what he meant by that is like, why would he, why would they go there and attack Indians for no reason? And he just goes, it was stupidity because and he goes like you know they're burning down shopping centers for what they're not going to be able to get the resources that they need and that like so no matter how much money you have no matter who you are over there when you can't get bread you're as equal as everybody else on that street or anyone you know and then he goes um and and it's funny you know because like he goes he goes people just need to actually understand what they're doing and because I, i think the country is so corrupted I guess that I, I guess he knew that as well in Nigeria. He knew the country was uh, corrupted, and that's why I guess over time and stuff like that, he they migrated over here, you know. So, and he still wants to go back and become a politician. That's his dream, you know. Mm. But it's just interesting, like the way you you hear what people say, you know. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, because I'm not like from that part of where the stuff is going down. But I think cause there's like two like settlements. So there's like the African townships and then right next to it is like the Indian kind of township, but they are like a bit more well-to-do than the Africans. And I know that especially in some places in South Africa, there is a lot of like racism between the two groups, especially in KZN, like in Peter Maritzburg and things. Like the Indians, some of them, feel a sense of superiority against the Africans and the Africans hate like them lower, for that. Yes, yeah. And yeah, yeah. And this has been going down, I think since that 1949 situation, it's just been passed on from generation to generation to generation. And sooner or later, there is going to be some kind of clash, but it's yeah, crazy. And, and I understand. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that. But I mean, at the end of the day, whatever generational, like aspects right like today's today right so I remember when I came back to South Africa and I remember being out like in the pubs or like you know going out like to wherever we went out into like um I can't remember the places that we went to like and even in Durban I remember like the Africans to me were such beautiful people like I don't think I came across one that was bad and I guess because in Australia that's what we're used to we're used to all different nationality so we don't have anything superior or anything like that and all I know is that I was and I remember even once actually me and my sister were in the in my auntie's car and we they witnessed a robbery like someone was like you know shot somebody or try to rob a store and like me and my sister were laughing in the car because you had to see this guy actually jump over this um what do you call it? Like a boom you know, gate. beam to get out of the, yeah, boom gate to get out of the shopping center. Anyway, we were pissing ourselves laughing because I thought, oh my God. And the, the, and you know, he had all these Indian people screaming, saying, you know, he's a robber. <laughs> like, and like, we were like pissing ourselves laughing in the car thinking, how funny because the guy couldn't even get over the beam, like relax, you know, like he, he doesn't <laughs> have the opportunity to kill people. Like, and like, I just laughed. Like, I think we laughed so much. Like, it was so funny. And like, I guess we're used to all of that. And I don't, even if, and to me, every nationality is something and everybody's something, you know, like, 
and even maids and stuff like that. I remember even staying with like family members overseas and like, you know, even with their maids, like, I mean, they're people as well, you know, and I guess like I don't treat anyone anything different. Like I treat everybody the same, whether family, no family, just respect. And I believe that's very important. And I guess we were raised like that with my dad. And I think back in the days, even when my dad was overseas and my dad had maids and stuff, like my mum used to always say that the maids used to have like discussions about how come like my dad and mum paid the maids so much money because my dad was that type of one as being anything less. And he looked at somebody that was at his house that was like like helping my mum because mum obviously had twins and she had a lot of kids that were under the age and you know, my, my dad and mom, they loved people like that yeah. and they appreciated them, you know, and I guess that's important. And I, I remember being at some of our family houses and, you know, I guess that treatment wasn't the same way all the time. So I can understand what you mean by that. And I, I've seen that with my own eyes and, you know, I wasn't a part of that and I would not ever, ever be a part of that. Yeah. I guess even if I lived there, I would never be there, that because I don't believe you treat anybody unequal because a cleaner can be a cleaner at least they're doing a job or yeah. a, you know a toilet cleaner anyone they're, they're doing a job and they're equal they're equal to anybody else that has a job and that is working so you know that's my my thing on it yeah like i know over here there's like a stigma against people who like who like are maids or people who like sweep the streets and stuff i know like here the pay the pay like the amount that you earn they get paid so much less than let's say a doctor or I'm trying to think of a, like a better or like a, a yeah, person like a who owns lab- a shop or something or something yeah yeah like a laborer or something like that yeah. I know like overseas like I don't know how it is in Australia but I know in America like the people who like sweep the NBA um floors and stuff they get paid a hell of a lot of money and everyone over yeah, there in Australia, it's the same. Like people over there, they're like looked at with dignity. Over here, there's no such thing. It's normally like people who who are doing those jobs are like either um, they're either African, class, Indian, or, or colored. Yeah. yeah, you'll never see a white person sweeping the streets ever. And oh well, no offense, no offense. When I came to South Africa and I seen a lot of white people on the street. I could not stop laughing. So I will tell really? you that as well. And I was like pissing myself laughing. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember being at this, um, I don't know where it was. I got a check with my cousin. There was this place we were at. And um, there was all these white people there. Like I, I shouldn't actually say white people because, you know, I actually have a brother that's white as well. So it's not white. Just actually to try to actually explain fair or actually lighter than us, right? And Caucasian. We were at this... Um, yeah, Caucasian. So we were at this um, place over there and these guys were there and they lived in Australia for a long time as well. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you can't beat this country. And that we, they go, we know, like, we've lived in Australia. And I was like, yeah, like, I understand that. Okay, but you know what? The difference is, is that we don't have to lock our houses down and we don't have to close the gate. That's all I hear here. Close the gate, close the gate, close the gate. And the way the guy was pissing himself laughing, he couldn't stop laughing because I was like, in Australia, we don't say close the gate. 
we don't do that, you know. And um, it was just so funny. And he was laughing and he, and he said, but what we have here is that we have love and we have people. And I thought that was very sweet because I thought that I guess in South Africa that was there. Like everyone there was friendly and they were nice. Oh, very nice. And even the Africans, they were very sweet. I love the Africans over there. I think they were the, my big thing being there as well. I love them. I thought they were the most humblest people and you know the, the biggest believers in God like when you talk about religion or you talk about anything for an African to kill a person you know they're firm believers in the Lord they're brought up with culture they're brought up Christians like they're brought up doing that stuff like even the Muslims or whatever but you know they're bo- they're brought up very firm in their beliefs so yeah I don't know yeah my observation it's just an observation you know yeah and I think that's why I've never seen any harm in that. Yeah, there is still that sense. I I do think like the sense of togetherness and things. It's just yeah, when people are desperate. I don't know. I really don't know like where this country is gonna go from here. I know it's just going to go up and it's going to become better because I think sometimes when the country does leave, when the country does go all the way to the rock bottom, there's only one way up and it's only to the top. I, I personally I mean? I guess do not like, think so. I think don't? I don't because like South Africa before COVID and all of this, we were fairly well to do. We were like the America of Africa. People would come here to find a better life. Like people from Zimbabwe, or people from Botswana, Nigeria. I have a Kenyan friend. I have a friend from the Congo. They all would come here mm. to find work or education and stuff. Right now, the way things are going, I think South Africa is probably going to end up just as bad as any of the other African countries because our economy is bad. This COVID is just going to spread worse. I think people have lost faith in the government it's just i don't see things getting better and if it is a supposed coup by the eff that means bad luck i don't think the anc would win the next elections after this definitely not the anc has become like almost a dynasty you see like before they had like kings and queens who are just like they're like rule the world the land for like ages that's what the anc has become and in the process they have become corrupt and now after this, the way they responded to the situation, I know I personally have lost faith in them. I think a lot of other people have. And over the years, their following has just gone down. So I really don't think they would win the next election. The next election is in 2023. If we get to them, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, you don't. And I guess, like, yeah, like, you would know more, like, you live there, you know, like, but all I see it as is, like, okay, like, what about, like, I guess, like, okay, I understand, like, what you're saying and stuff like that, but maybe all the people that were in control or did actually were in parliament and all of those people that were in in the government itself, maybe they needed more training or maybe they needed more to be able to deliver more. And maybe they found it so hard that they could not actually help a country, that they found it easier to actually be part of the 
corruption than actually to do good because maybe there was too many there was too like you'd have to be you'd have to fight for something so great and be somebody so great like you'd have to be a Nelson Mandela to to actually reform the country and because many people didn't have enough skill or anything like that to be like him maybe that's another reason as well you know that maybe corruption became easier because you had too many bad people around you to corrupt you and that's why people ended up going into corruption in 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 the actual government i know especially after apartheid south africans like i know especially yeah. my generation we like grew up with like an entitlement kind of thing like everything should be yeah. provided and that also goes back to like we have like all the infrastructure needed as like the same kind of infrastructure that a first world country has i'm saying in terms of buildings yeah, like in yeah. that sense and we have like the technology we, we like we are able to communicate via zoom through wi-fi for, yeah, for this conversation wow, yeah like we have all of that we have the websites and stuff but the way they run the stuff like sars is like the tax place if you they send out letters there saying that you need to pay tax now you go and email them or try to phone them and stuff they do not pick up the phone and then they blame you for for not complying with them. The same thing with the transport. I wanted to apply for my uh, license and the system does not work. You have to, and then, so I actually went to the place, physical place for it. And they said, no, try online. And I've been trying that. You look at the police, they are so laid back. They, I don't know what's going on there. Like, I don't know, people over here, they're like lazy, laid back. I'm not sure what's like. And it's just like everything should be provided for them. It's weird. Yeah, because that's what, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that because they never had the skills or resources to actually develop themselves better, to be able to do better. Like, obviously, everything that you do in life, you're always learning something, right? And if you're not learning something, you're staying comfortable. So that's what the country pretty much has done. Is stayed comfortable because they've done what everybody else has done and been done and have been done with that. But if they actually looked into things and thought, okay, well, how can we get, how can we bring, how can we bring South Africa so much better than any than any place in the world? Because you guys have everything that the world needs. How do we set ourselves up to be the best? How come we're not a multi-million dollar country where properties over here are like worth heaps? Like, because that's what the country needs to become like, you know? Mm. And, you know, you just have everything. And yet, you know, it's the most poverty. Like, it's just, I don't know, you don't, you don't know how to actually put it, you know? And it's hard. Like, I guess any, any person in a political environment over there gets overthrown very easily. And I guess when you're too correct and you're always trying to fight for something to correct this, you have to correct the police or you have to correct the system or you have to correct that. People get tired of it because it becomes too hard because everybody else is not playing their role. So when one person doesn't play their role and nobody else plays their role, what happens to you? You become stagnant and you become exactly what everybody else is around you. Because it becomes your environment. I think the problem is it's the people who are in charge. They are the ones who need to be replaced. And but by who? Because over here, we have like so many political parties. I'm like, I'm sure it's like over 18. There's a hell of a lot, but you don't know which one you're gonna vote for. Cause who do you trust? Like, how do you know this person with their policies 
is going to do what they say they're going to do. And you might not agree with someone else's policies. And that's why I think for so long, people have been voting for ANC, because it's rather the devil you know than the devil you don't know. There's like so many options, but there's not a lot of options at the same time. Yeah. I can understand that too. So what are your plans? Like, what are your plans going to be like after all of this ends? Or if it does end, like, how are you seeing yourself? I really don't know, actually. It's like, it's a hard <laughs> thing to answer. Like, I guess I'm going to be going back to work. And, but my plan is to eventually leave the country within maybe the next two years. That was mm. my plan beforehand. But now I don't know. It's yeah. probably is much harder to leave now. I don't know. Yeah, because like I was speaking to my friend as well today and I was asking him because like a, a couple of my cousins overseas, like, you know, they were scared and that. And I asked him, I said, like, you know, would they be able to apply for like a refugee visa and like be able to flee the country? Because, you know, obviously the country's in chaos. And if their life is at stake, then like, you know, at stake, then they'll be able to leave the country. But apparently he was saying like, as well, like with Australia as well, because we've got COVID, they're not letting anyone in. So then how do you help people? Like, what do you do, you know? And also, especially with the economy, like if you leave the country to another country, you are a refugee and it's like no different than being, like you can't be broke in another country. That's what I'm saying. Like, because if you're broke in another country, you you screwed. Yeah, like you're only a refugee because your life is at stake and refugees. Yeah. I don't know where what's going to happen. Like, I think within the next week or so, like I can probably give you a better answer of what's going to happen. But even then, I'm not sure. <coughs> and like the news, it's so weird because like by the time the news gets to me and then gets to you and gets to everyone. You don't know what is happening, yeah. like how much has changed. And like you see in Haiti, the president over there was assassinated last week. And, mm. and also um, in Cuba now there's protests, like, and it's crazy what's happening like everywhere around the world. It's not much hope for like even people going overseas. Like you see America, they in their own turmoil you see all these countries yeah. affected by COVID, the economy, like Europe last year because of COVID, they, they were basically brought to their knees. And even in Australia now too, like we got locked down because we got that um, D strain. And it's like, I don't know, it's like, like, how do you help? Like, you know, like, like who helps who? Like, how does, how does anybody get that help? Like, you know, that's, that's what's scary. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, how do it's you? It's like apocalypse. Yeah, and it's horrible. Like, because like, even though we live here, it doesn't mean that we don't care about what's happening there. And the funny thing is, is that you can't help. Like, when you when you're helpless, like that's the worst feeling, I guess. Yeah. You know, feeling helpless and being able to not be able to do anything. Yeah, like I, like we have to have a, a a like a great mindset that's going to overcome everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to hope that everything's going to change and like I don't know but you just have to you always have to have a mindset that is going to be empowering no matter what situation you're in and I guess that's what most great people did Nelson Mandela included I guess what did he do when all the odds were against him he had a mindset that refused anything I think 
you know, Gandhi as well, he had a mindset. It's all about the mindset that gets you through. You need to look for people to lead. I don't think there's like much leaders over here, like politically, like you don't know who to trust. And like, that's always been the case with politics, but we had a Nelson Mandela. He was that person who would right. bring, a pers- bring yeah. the country out of that. But after that, I don't see, like, I don't have faith in anyone. The only person who has the charisma and things to lead is Julius Malema, but his policies are, he, okay, uh, like, he could be a potential Hitler. I'm probably exaggerating, but I might be not because his followers, like, he's a smart person. But his followers are people, are the young, unemployed people who want chaos. They thrive in chaos. They like going to shops and protesting. Like last year, they went to Clicks and Clicks is a pharmacy. So they went there and like broke stuff, started stealing things. And this was in the height of COVID. People needed to get their supplies. So I don't have faith in him. I know, yeah. So, who knows? Yeah, and there was another guy. I don't know who he was, and um, he was um, he was saying, "What are we doing in the country? Like, we're stopping the elderly from getting medication. We're stopping everybody from getting the right things." I don't know who he was, but he was actually like really stern on like, you know, what is South Africa doing? Because like, at the end of the day, too, like. I don't know, like, it just looks horrible, you know. It just like, looks bad. Last year, I was watching YouTube and stuff, and I and I saw, like, and I could you could see it, like, I saw some, like, a video saying that there's going to be a food shortage and a, an economic crisis and things. So I, I'm, like, we need to, like, mm. start planting shit, like, getting our basic stuff. And people were, like, not believing me and things. I'm, like, what the hell? But now this is what's happening. Like, you go to the shops, the shelves are empty. Apparently, I'm not sure if it's true, but in KZN, it's like 50 rand for bread. I'm not sure if that's true, but that's crazy. Like bread is like five rand, 15 rand. The, um, the place which like produces South Africa's yeah, uh, petrol exactly. shut down. Like, and apparently it takes two weeks before it like can start processing stuff again. So the petrol prices have just risen up. There's going to be a panic when people go into the shops to buy stuff. It's just crazy and you see like it's not just our economy it's the global economy after like i remember during lockdown last year people started investing in cryptocurrency and uh the stock market and things the stock market fell so then people started investing in crypto and for a time that was driving and like the rich already knew stuff and they just got richer from there but now that just plummeted and like a lot of people have now lost money because of that and it's like Elon Musk he just like said some tweet about Bitcoin and then Bitcoin fell and then the rest of the cryptocurrency uh, things also fell because of that so and people like putting everything into that as I know in, in South Africa especially like I know so many people who were investing in crypto and now have been affected by that I guess so like I guess yeah like I guess like because no one knows you know what I mean like I don't know and like I guess like like a fifth like to spend that much on bread like could you average spend that amount? 
no you know and like, not. No, exactly so then so then how do they like I, I was saying another thing too like now that the country is at a state that it is right what transferable skills do people need in order to get ahead of everything ahead of the poverty they need to be able to probably you know plant new stuff like like you know regrowing like you know re-get like i don't know like but that like takes months i think yeah it does it take takes months, time that like people don't have if you started like last year it could have worked but not many people have yeah but do you think the country will actually go into poverty to such a state it's a possibility i think it's a very plausible possibility could happen there's like so many different scenarios that could take place and yeah, there's more the there's more bad possibilities than than positive like ones. for instance for you right like if you guys had no food and like like you know bread or anything like that because if you had to pay a fortune for it right and people over there didn't have the money what happens next like that does send people into strife yeah it does send people to like yeah it does it causes like so who does help south africa like does the united united nations step in or who steps in i really don't know i don't know they that that's the un's job but i don't know really i think like a civil war is yeah. also possible like there's so many possibilities of what could happen there could be a coup a civil war there's like so many or maybe maybe the military does step in and maybe it does help but then you're going to get i think that's like i think that's what they should do even though there's risks in that because the efsf said if the military is deployed they will step in because it's now a war on civilians but i don't know i, I personally that could be the yeah, like best thing to do yeah. but it's also a lot of yeah because my cousin was uh, there was this thing called uh, marikana while zuma was uh president yeah, my cousin was saying as well like there's not enough manpower there's not enough people to control the street mm. that's why people are taking stuff into their own hands i just hope that the country or like if if anything people are able to get access to health and be able to leave if the country does go into that state that's all i hope for Yeah. I got hate to know that my you know I'd hate to know that my family over there or you know anyone that was there like was like just getting killed for their whoever they were just for the sake of it like that would be disgusting. Mm. And that would be disgusting as well. You know. Lucky in Pretoria it hasn't it's not that bad. Hopefully like, everything turns around that. Yeah, hopefully. On this side stuff is not that bad like you can walk the streets and things but then you go to Joburg it's a bit worse but KZN that's where the actual shit is going down that's where it's like crazy it's like a war zone i don't know like that's where you see all these videos and stuff it's all happening down there in KZN Peter Madsburg Durban Joburg it, because in KZN that's where Zuma's supporters are and it's so hard for people that have families and i don't know it's crazy it's just i don't know it's so awful i just hope it changes you know what i mean like the government or something steps in and helps like all i say is that like i cuz i can't i just don't understand how the world works like i mean if no one helps or no one does anything we're like 
I don't know, do we even really have faith in the world? Like, I don't know, do we really have faith in in the whole system? I don't know, it's crazy. You don't. Yeah, if you see a country suffering with the people that you love in there, and even though we live in Australia as well, like, and Australia's safe and stuff like that, but, like, if the rest of the world isn't doing anything, what faith do you really have? I personally, I personally do not believe in the system like it's just a bunch of people running a bunch of people it's and it's like with old laws like like the stuff that were created like back in who knows when does it apply to modern day situations and but it's like the only it's the only thing that is stable is stability yes what separates stability from chaos is the systems that are there in charge i feel so bad that you guys were over there and we're over here you know what i mean like i wish <laughs> you guys were here with us as well like it's crazy one day it'll probably will happen so i'm hopeful for that as well you know yeah i'm hopeful that eventually like you know all of you guys come over here i'm hopeful for that and i'll stay with that and like you know stick to that and we just have to look at new ways of like uh, you know like in fact, anyway, like, he's always blessed family. So hopefully all of, like, hopefully one day we're all together. No one has to stress and no one has to worry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no one has to worry about anything, you know. But anyway, if you did have to come to Australia and you did have to live here, would you still want dual citizenship over there? Yeah, I, I guess I would, but depending where the country is like but yeah I, I i love south africa like the people here is like the there's a different kind of vibe that you find here compared to elsewhere like i went to america in 2015 yeah the people over there it's they weird like i don't know it's like there's like a very subtle kind of racism in a way like they thought I think they thought I was Mexican because of my skin color and things. Yeah, skin color. Yeah, people, yeah. Are yeah. people are talking to me in Spanish and shit. But there's like, I don't know, it's like very weird there. And you don't find that in South Africa, even though people do not greet all the stuff. But you find like a sense of, uh, you were talking about it earlier, like the vibe or the aura that people give off is quite... I don't know how to explain it, put it in words, but I think you get what I'm saying. So I do like South Africa. Like, yeah, this country is yeah. amazing in certain yeah, ways. Like, so I, yeah, I probably exactly. would but keep like, my citizenship. But like, it's the same thing. Like, even in Australia as well. Like, even though we are a multicultural country, it doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist. Yeah, because you guys have the. Like the so yeah, because. I know the history of Australia with the Maoris and no, Aborigines, right? Aborigines. Yeah, the, indige the, the indigenous. Yeah. indigenous yeah. And then when the European settlers came in, they were first prisoners and things, and then eventually took over and things. I know there's like a lot of bloodshed and racism there as well. It's everywhere, like racism, but... It's how you see it and how you, what you do with it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's how you make it. A, a very important thing is like... I learned this, like, you learn every day, right? But you learn that, like, 
everywhere you go, you'll always come through some sort of like issues and problems in every country, right? It, it, the country does not, is not your problem. It's, it's how you actually transform yourself to a country. Right. And that's the truth. You know what I mean? Like you can't, like people sometimes feel like coming to Australia is a dream. Like it's a dream life. Like you do all of these things, but everybody has their own things that they have to face coming into mm. another country. They have their own like, demons. Yeah, probably their own demons, but also it's the country itself. Like you're always fighting. You're just fighting mentally and emotionally trying to get what you want. And that is everywhere, wherever through the world. Everyone's in their own battle against and, something. It's always, yeah, there's always a process. Exactly. Like and, there's a never ending battle that you have to deal with in life. Yeah. That, and, and it's, yeah, it's personal and to it's everyone. Like, people think like, you know, for us, like coming overseas and stuff, like people think like being Australian or living in Australia, yeah, fair enough. You're free. You don't have a gun behind your back every second or you're not worried. Right. But you also have to step into, like, growing as a person. Like, people think that it's just everything's a dream. You come to a new country, you can make it. Well, if you can't make it where you are, you won't ever make it wherever you go. Does that make sense? It does to an extent because you get people who are, like, in the townships, which is obviously... Fair enough. It's probably, like... Fair enough. Their chances are, like, slum to none. With making it out and making it, yeah, yeah, because like right, right, with but lacking education or 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 the money or whatever, which does prevent yes, them yeah. from, and that's also one of yeah. the reasons that there's a lot of corruption and poverty in the country. Like Cape Town is a very good example, because uh, in Cape Town, so there's the townships which are like that's where the crime is like I think probably in the top in the world in Cape Town. So you get the townships. And then you get like where all the business district and all of st- that stuff. And now that is located where all the jobs are is located where all the rich people stay. That's where like people from overseas come in because Cape Town was voted like the number one tourist destination in the world, I think. And so you get like the extreme rich who's yeah, on that yeah. side and that's where all the jobs are and things. Then you get the townships where there's like gang violence, nothing, killing every day, yeah. there's murder and stuff. And the people over there, they have to like travel by train or whatever. They don't have cars or whatever to get to the places where they need the jobs. And that's how they have managed to separate the rich from the poor, especially in Cape Town and a lot of places here in South Africa as well. I think you, if you like had yeah, to well. drive there, to, you probably get lost the place you need to go. Yeah. See, I don't know that. The same thing. It's like even Australia as well. Like I think even when my dad and that brought us here, like years ago, they would have faced that adversity as well. Like they came here not knowing anything, had to reform, like change their belief system. They were growing up in South Africa, like they didn't know anything else. Like and coming here, they had to change everything about themselves to be able to live here as well you know what I mean there's always these adjustments that people like no matter where you are in the world if you're able to adjust you're always able to to move forward and to be better I I know that and I know like you know and I'm sure like people that are able to change like to adjust and always be flexible then you're able for and you're you're capable of anything yeah you know yeah it makes sense when you said like that yeah yeah, well, are there any reason 
more I can compare it because like when we talk to you guys or when I used to speak to my dad and stuff like he would say all that stuff and I wouldn't understand it because we grew up here we don't know anything less you know so when he'd explain stuff like he'd explain that he had to go through a whole change like and you do have to go through a whole change because it's different you had your family over there that you could just go there and see and when he came here he came here with nobody yeah. And he had to reform and like regroup and like get himself together, you know, because you, you do. And it's all unfamiliar, but it's always about being uncomfortable because you don't grow unless you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is a great thing to, you do it too, right? You always get uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a trick. That's the best way to get <laughs> to, to improve. Yeah. <laughs> like my whole life, I've been like moving places, like probably been to like seven different schools. Yeah. high school and primary school i was in durban then we moved like quite a bit around in durban yeah. before moving to Joburg and then pretoria so there's like always that change constant change going on in my life when my dad was alive like things were like we were in a big house it was like very nice and comfortable then when he died we moved to like a two-bedroom house there's like eight people living there there's a whole lot of change going on now in a bigger house there's more space there's like always this constant change which you have to adapt to yeah that's the word adaptable because adaptable is everything it's everything and like exactly like look at you you know you become adaptable and you're okay with it and because and sometimes like people like also remember this too people can move place to place and place and always stay stale but it's the people that actually want to do better and get better look at it as opportunities and look at it as like okay what am I going to do now how am I going to get better what am I going to do like you do you've done that because like even everything about you like even though when you even when you say all that stuff is true like no one knows what it's like to go through all that stuff like you know obviously live in a two-bedroom house like with eight people like no one knows all that but that's like you use that as like ammunition to get ahead and everything yeah. that comes in your way, what do you do? You shoot it down. You just keep going. You face yeah. it head on. You know, it's powerful. It's a very powerful thing, you know. And you don't look at it as something being bad. You just know where you came from. Yeah, and you look at everything as, like, an opportunity. I see it because, like, if that never happened, I wouldn't be who I am today. And Exactly. So if shit ever gets worse, like, shit hits the fan, I'll be able to cope with it in a way that I wouldn't have otherwise. Exactly. Because, but there's a lot of people that when all this change happens, they stay stale and they stay stagnant and they refuse to move. And they always, like, they stay in the same state, they stay in the same, the same way and they refuse to change because they feel that everything that's happened to them has been bad luck for them and they can't get ahead. But the smart people use it as a way of like okay i've gone through this i've gone through that what, what next bring it on and that's how they grow yeah muhammad ali had like a saying that a man who's 50 years old who thinks the same as he did when he was 25 has not learned anything in 25 years what a powerful what a powerful quote i i, I stand by that I stand by that. I think that is great because it's true because people become stagnant and they don't ever grow because they stay in their ways and they stay doing what they've always done. So that's a 
great quote, a powerful quote. But I do want to share with you another quote that I always had with um, Anthony Robbins shares this quote that people major in minor things. People find themselves too worried about celebrities, too worried about other stuff that they forget their own lives. That's a very important thing, you know, and I think that's important too because actually looked at ourselves and corrected ourselves. What would we be? We'd be better than the rest. Right. Because we focused on us, you know. Yeah. That's my my quote for the year. Mm. Yeah, I think what you're saying, like, that's like something that they put out, like, they put out, like, the latest thing, fashion trend that, Kim Kardashian is yeah. wearing and things like good, that's yeah. what they put like to distract us from everything that should matter like the important things like that's there so we do get distracted and we do like so we start caring about things that don't matter leaving the things that matter to not be actually handled in a way no, what we do, I, I don't know, but I think it's a conversation for everybody, right? Like what we should do is like concentrate on us and concentrate on the individual itself, like me. Like I focus more on myself than anybody else because nobody else like matters. And like my comments to like anybody else doesn't matter because it's only about me right. and what it's, I do. Yeah, it's like opinions that should be stated and people should like, be open to state their own opinions on whatever the situation is. That's how like exactly. people can benefit from, like I've said, um, be critically aware and evaluate your flaws with the person that you're critical of so that exactly, they can because, better themselves. Yeah, exactly. And most of the time you find the people that you dislike the most, you're exactly like them. You just can't see it. Yeah. And that's actually, why people clash. Yeah, I've actually said this on the podcast before because I had um, one of my friends, she's lesbian. And before she actually realized that she was, she was like almost homophobic. It's because she identified that, okay, that's something that she wasn't okay with because it was, she was reflecting it on the outside, what she was feeling in the inside. And yeah, uh, and that's, that's like the reason for so much hate and, destruction in the world it's because people are afraid of their own ways and they only express it on other people share the same values or same principles or whatever yeah exactly and I mean like if you took the time like if everybody took the time to actually look at their own lives and reevaluate their own lives I guess the world changes a little bit more you know what I mean like because yeah. instead of judging other people, you look at yourself to judge first. Like for me, I guess like even going into a new job that I did and it was a brand new industry that I was so uncomfortable going into. And I won't ever forget it. Like it was something so brand new to me. And I felt like I felt like a fish out of water because it was something that I was ne- I never did before. And I, I learned through that experience is that, like, I, and I understood more about myself than I ever have in life. Because if I always stuck to what I knew, like sales or doing stuff that I was good at, extremely great at, that I would never be able to know who I was unless I stepped outside my comfort zone. 
And that's the thing is that if we keep doing what we're doing, how do we ever grow? You don't. It's about getting uncomfortable. It's about changing your mindset. It's just about being somebody and exploring what you could be and you do it. And like, I tell you, it's a very, like, it's like, it's very daunting at times too. Like at times I felt like so helpless and I felt rejected and rejection is something I guess everybody feels, but like feeling rejected and feeling hopeless together was another adversity that I overcame. And I guess I overcame that by understanding that I was ready to put myself out and do something different to create a better lifestyle for my family. And I want, right. so, you know, it's something that we can share with people. And like, even our conversation today, it's like, it's a conversation that everybody needs to have. Like, it's a conversation that we create. Like, people could listen to this and say, oh, well, you know, like, I don't like her, I don't like her opinions or whatever it is, or that I don't like you, but, you know, it's a conversation. It's a conversation that everybody's welcome to say their part because that's what the world needs. It's just a conversation to be able to change things. It's just a conversation. Yeah. And the things that we bring up Mm. might spark another thing that people had in their minds, but did not realize that they actually were thinking that, or it could bring up something else that they should be aware of or whatever, because that's how ideas, that's how conversations get started with just ideas. Exactly. And the powerful, like powerful people and powerful minds, all they do is have conversations on how they can become better and how they can do things better. Like um, a mind that like doesn't want to exceed or doesn't want to do anything stays in the confrontation, like exactly how you said it before, like Kim Kardashian, like what's she wearing? Like you stay in your state because you want to move forward. You just want to stay in the state that you are and worry about other things that are unnecessary to your life. And you people yeah. comment all the time about celebrities, but really celebrities couldn't care less what they think. It's, it's about you as a person and they just want to probably come out and say what they're doing and try to inspire the world. But many people take it as negative because they, they're not there. They haven't made it. You know, it's yeah. very powerful when you look when you start to like really break down things you actually start to realize is that is that everybody out there is just making it for them and like when you start to become I wouldn't say selfish I'd say you just start to re I think you should use the word selfish because everybody deserves to be selfish and look when they when I mean the word selfish I mean be selfish with yourself and actually reevaluate yourself be selfish enough to do that for yourself. And when you do that, I think everything flourishes after that. You know, yeah. many people don't take time to worry about themselves, you know. I know it sounds crazy the way I say it, but uh, I've mean it. But I get what you're saying. <laughs> like, in order to, like, take care of everything else, you need to take care of yourself. It's self-care, not really selfish, but self-care. Like, in order to, like, love others, you have to love yourself first. Because if you don't... Then exactly it's like i don't know like you need to like be in control of yourself before you can control others like i've read something that um there's like this whole like quote like this guy he's he this man he wanted to change the world but he couldn't do that so then he decided to change his country but he could not do that so he decided to change his city he still could not do that so he went to do something even smaller maybe control his family he could not do that 
And then he realized that if he only like started off learning himself, con- like controlling his own life, exactly. he could start to make a Michael change Jackson. on others. Ex- on others. Exactly. Michael Jackson. Man, Man in, the, in mirror. the mirror. If yeah. you can change. Exactly. When you change your, you change the world by changing yourself. The rest is history, you know, like, that's the truth. Like, and that's what people like, people seek all this stuff, want to be like people that they're not like, you know, like another thing too, like I'm not so into posting about my life and posting about everything because really I don't, it's not about pleasing others. It's about pleasing myself. And if I'm pleased enough, then I don't need to showcase that to the world. I found people would like represent themselves in a different form in multimedia so that they could show what they are to the world. But really deep down, they were nothing. Mm. It was just a fake facade. Like it's just fake. And like when you actually, I actually know you because you have the energy about yourself, you know? And I believe that's very like, it's, it's true because like, even in South Africa now, like when we were talking about before, like the richest people there, and the poorest people there, everybody becomes an equal when you kind of get bread. Mm. Everybody's in the same lane. Everybody runs in that same lane. So no matter what you have, the end of the day is that if you're not at peace with yourself, then you have nothing. What are you living for? Like I, I learned that, like I learned that a while ago and I still learn that now. Like I think my life as well, I thought, I thought like, you know, getting things would make me feel better, but really it left me empty. Because my true passion in life and my true self in life is finding myself. Yeah. And the rest is like the rest is nothing. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tyson actually said that they asked him, Are you happy with if your story? If I was story? a millionaire. So he said that he cannot like answer that because Mike Tyson's story hasn't ended. His story is carrying on. He's always learning. Like you're always growing. Like back 15 years ago, he was like a totally different person. He was like one of the most hated people in the world. He was like called a savage. He wasn't happy with himself. And now 15 years later, he has changed. He's like a totally different person. And he's, he says like, he's always growing. He's always taking in and he cannot say where his story is because his story is carrying on. That's right. And that's like, that's being humble. And that's like, it's not even about being humble. It's about finding your own truth because you don't want to leave. I think you don't even want to leave your life knowing that you didn't do everything that you wanted to do, but you didn't do yourself right. I guess everywhere when you look like, I remember when my dad passed away, like I'll never forget, like it was like, it was just, it was a crazy, it was a crazy thing, but I remembered I shared this thing with my dad about Denzel Washington, like this speech, and I'll never forget my dad was, you know, my dad was watching this and my dad was like, my dad was always a very inspirational man. And I think I think after he got like, you know, he was, I think my dad knew that he was sick and he never shared it with us because he was a selfless man. He didn't want us to worry about him. But I, rem- I remember there was this time where he watched this speech and he remembered that, like, your life, no matter your possessions, no matter whatever you got, like when you go, you go with nothing. And I, I think it's very important, like, because like now, even if you don't get that and you become like everybody else. So what really is money? You know, mm-hmm. what really is it? And what really is everything that people want to gain and think that it's like great, but what is it really? It's nothing. Because when you go, you go with nothing anyway. 
Yeah. You go with your self-respect and yourself. And that's all you got. I think it's a little bit deep, but like I think it's truthful. Yeah, I think, it is you know, deep. it's just a conversation, you know. Yeah, it's about I like it's truthful. It's about your character mm. as well. Exactly. Like I saw this um meme, not a meme, but like a quote on Instagram. It's saying that your character is more important than reputation because reputation is what others believe you are, but your character is who you really are exactly it was like like at my job right like we had this guy and he was like he was like a bully sort of thing and now everybody couldn't stand up to him because they thought like he was like so great because he had all this knowledge in the job right and he was like walking like because like anything anyone would ask him he would know right so he used that as like he's like pride to be like something so great and I remember I had a conversation with him because I was like oh look um like there was a lot of things I disagreed with right and many people People in the organisation worked for that they would lose their job or they would get fired or whatever because your character worth more. And then this guy, I remember this, this what are you going to teach your kids? What's worth more? I remember that and I remember everything. He didn't tell me anything because I have this, I have this energy about me where like I think I hold my my personality very strong and you got to be careful when you come to me. But that's only because I know myself and I'm not scared. And my yeah. character is more than anything. So I live by that. You know, it's interesting, but there's so many weak people out there that just don't step up because they're scared. But what are you so fearful about? Just losing a job? Mm. Like, I don't know, it's crazy, but, like, I like I know from my own person, like, my own, like, life, like, I just know there's so many robots out there and I always believe I didn't fit into it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, Yeah. And I know yeah. my sister never did because that's why she created her own company because she was not ever going to be that robot that told her, you know, get up, get dressed, get ready for a job. She's going to create her own and she did. So, you know, it's magnificent. It's great because once you know yourself, no one can stop you. Right. No yeah. yeah. That's, that's 100% true. And it's like the country now, like as much as the country can be in disaster, the country has any amount of time to change. It's just a mindset. Mm. If everybody, if everybody focused on their mindset, the country could become a better place. Yeah, you know? that's a lot of people to start believing. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. lot of people to start believing, but it's the right minds that get the right direction. Yeah. They get the right, you know, they feel that they're corrected in the right ways to ignore to change, but. You know, that's all it is, the conversation. And, like, you know, like with this podcast, I hope people, like, do say their worth and do say their point of view because, you know, it's like maybe they need something or maybe they we, we need something. You know, we're all in this together. So we all have the right to say whatever we feel and however we do, and we're all in this together. No one's I, alone. Yeah. I believe that. Yeah. One of the things that is great about South Africa is the freedom of speech. We're allowed to say what we want and speak out against what is wrong. Yeah, and that's great. Like, it's great. Like, we have that in Australia too. Like, it's freedom. Like, and it's a great tool because you're able to, like, you know, help people that need help. And, like, and maybe, like, even this conversation, like, it, like, it, it, it steers people in, like, the right direction because we're not, like, I'm not there to correct the world. I'm not God. I'm not anything. I'm just a human. 
We're just a yeah. person. We're just people stating our opinions you know? and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it's good to state it because maybe some people need that or some people don't because some people are, you know, more advanced or know better. But, you know, I believe that life, you're always learning. And if you're not learning and if you know everything and you know everything in life, then you might as well be dead. But all I know is that if you're living, you're always learning. That's what I stand by. (laughs) It sounds crazy, but if you know every single thing in the world, you know every answer, you know everything. Why the hell are you alive? <laughs> you know, I stand by that. I stand by that. And it's a nice saying. It's a nice way to look at things. Yeah. It's a crazy way of looking at things, it but is, it's, a, yeah. it's a good way of looking at things at the same time. Yeah, freedom is very important. But there's also like, mm. again, that line between freedom and chaos, which is very, there's a fine line between the two. And I don't know if that's the reason that the government doesn't want to step in, but yeah, but freedom is very important. Freedom of speech, freedom of rights. Yeah, and all of the and that's what the constitution is, is about. Is-